just to proclaim God's greatness. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise God, God in his sanctuary. sanctuary. Praise, Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As long as I have breath, I will praise you, Lord. As long as I can sing, I will sing your praise.
Jesus, we lift you up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. We long for the day where we can stand in your presence, Father, in your throne room to witness this awesome, awesome, awesome time of worship.
Psalms 145 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways toward all that He has made. We sang that last week. He is perfect in all of His ways. That verse has stuck with me all week. He is perfect in all of His ways toward us. The heavens declare the glory of God. Did you hear that? The heavens declare the glory of God. You look up into the sky, particularly at night, and you see all of these stars. <laughs> you know, they, they say that there are over a billion star, stars, over a billion stars just in the Milky Way. That's our galaxy. Do you know, they say that there are literally millions of galaxies out in the out in the universe the known un the known universe there are places they don't even we haven't even seen yet the heavens declare the glory of god whoa now here's the thing get this get this <laughs> the bible says so imagine multiplying a billion times a, times millions and think of all the stars that are out there and the Bible says he calls them by name. Now I want to ask you a question. That God can he deal with what you're dealing with can he handle what you're trying to handle there's an old song that it's called um, what a friend we have in Jesus how many of you have ever heard that song? What a friend we have in Jesus. And it's, it goes on, it says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what needless pain we... Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Okay. The songwriter had it right. We, we just bear up under these things when if, we, when if we could, we could just bear up. We could just take it to Him in prayer. Did you want to say something, Nita? Stand up and say it.
a gift to you. Amen. Amen. What else is God doing? The Bible says that my father, Jesus said, my father is always at work. What else has he been doing? What's he been doing in your life? Anything? Joni? That's okay. I need you to stay back there. <laughs> That's all right.
it is. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Jody. Boy, just ne- it just it pays to pay attention, doesn't it? Pays to pay attention to the Spirit of the Lord. Anybody else? He's then. I. Uh, it's funny how we, we don't realize sometimes how God is directing our steps, but then sometimes he just lets us see, this was me. <laughs> um, I was coming, when was that, Friday? Friday. Friday. I was picking up the, helping move back the stuff from the other church at the VBS. So I was, it's in the middle of the day, and I never, you know, am here. And I came here, and we dropped the stuff off, and I just happened to be taking the van back and pull around, and Mary just was walking to her car, and she just happens to drop a tissue. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. It was just a piece of paper for me. So I stopped. I was like, just, just stop and tell her in case it's something important. And I opened the window, and Mary came over and was um, upset and uh, in tears because Sunnyside had just called and said that her mom was um, not respect, like was getting her hair done and kind of just fell asleep on him and was not being responsive to them. And uh, I just instantly felt Mary's (laughs) pain of having to make those decisions with your parents. Uh, So it was just like one of those things, like God just said, go, just go. This is your family. Mm. And uh, so it was like, all right, I'll be right there. And then um, we went over, and just God was so good because I watched as the rest of the biological family got there, (laughs) how she just pepped up and God just revived her back and she was sitting up and laughing with the kids and talking. I just, it just showed me, he just shows me how when he connects us, there's no disconnecting. And when JP and Tabitha walked in today, it was like, oh, there's some of our family. So I just, you know, I just praise him that he's always working. He he doesn't throw a mismatched bunch of people together for no reason. <laughs> He's got his reasons. Uh, so we put the fun in dysfunctional, but uh, this is <laughs> his family. And uh, so praise God. I just love when he shows us that. Well, what a great way to segue here because I was looking for a segue and you gave me one because you mentioned JP and, and, and Tabby that are, are here today. And... and um, um, they live in St. Petersburg, uh, used to worship with us some time ago, but uh, their little girl, Kendall, um, needs to have prayer. Um, something going on with one of her knees has, is swelling, and uh, the doctors are not in an alarm mode, but they are concerned that it could be something like juvenile rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. So, yeah, not so much. We're going to talk to God about it, okay? You going to join me? Let's talk to God about it, all right? Well, that's what I mean. Join me, and let's talk to God about it. Don't be scared. No. Don't be scared. I'm just going to talk to Jesus about which, this knee right here, is that one bothering you? Got a boo-boo there? Can I talk to Jesus about it? Yes. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. 
Father, we thank you. For your your ways are always perfect toward us. And Jesus, when we read in your word, there were times when people wanted to bring little children to you to be blessed. And there were those who said, oh, keep them away. You said, let the little children come to me because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become like a little child, you will in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. We thank you for the simplistic faith of little children to trust. Oh God, that we as adults would be able to trust you like little children, trust their parents. So we come to you today, Father, for Kendra. Lord, we can't see inside this knee and know exactly what's going on. We know that you can, and what we're asking you right now is we're asking you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that you used to raise Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit, the same Spirit that you used to speak the worlds into existence and call these stars by name, that same Spirit, we ask you to just go into this little tiny knee, this little knee, that belongs to this little girl and we just pray that your spirit would correct everything that's wrong in there there may be nothing wrong at all but something's causing it to swell and so we're just ask you father to just go in there and correct everything that's wrong every nerve every cell every muscle every bone every ligament it will just conform to your word and be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you. You said that if your word abides in us and we abide in you, we can ask whatever we will and it will be done. And we're asking for a complete and total healing of this little leg that belongs to this little girl who is your little child. In Jesus' name, amen. Calm mommy and daddy down. <laughs> As we pause for a moment to, to worship you and to trust you and to show our trust to you by giving into your kingdom, we ask that you would take our tithes and offerings and gifts and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's just bow our heads for a second. Father, thank you for gathering us together here in this place today uh, to join with all of creation in exalting you and glorifying you for who you are. We realize that we can't even begin to understand or fathom your greatness. That, but yet you have revealed enough to us so that we can seek you and pursue you. And you say that when we do that, we will find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. So today as we have gathered together, Father, I just pray that you will open our hearts to get a clearer understanding of who you are and what you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. We were talking about the high calling of God. We have been doing this for the last few weeks. God has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Um, A few weeks ago, we talked about being called to hope. Uh, We've been called to live a holy life. Uh, Last week, um, Brother Richard shared with us about being called to be free. And today, I want to talk talk to us about another aspect of this. If I turn this on. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Called to peace. We are members of one body. We've been called to peace. Now, I can't possibly cover all aspects of this today. I don't plan on it. We're going to talk about many different aspects of peace over the next couple of weeks. It's going to take me a couple of more weeks to bring this all together. But this is the most important one. Unless we have, unless we understand that and let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Have charge of, since as members of one body we've been called to peace. Unless we understand and, as a, and in, a re, in a real way, have the peace of Christ in our hearts, all the other talk about peace is of no value. It can't happen. But when you and I truly understand and have the peace of Christ in our hearts, then all the other things that we're going to talk about when it, as it comes to peace, we're going we're to understand that and we're going to that, see that that's possible. Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. That word peacemaker 
might be better rendered peace worker because we are working for peace, not just trying to make reconciliation. I remember, I guess it was back in the 70s, it might have been back in the 80s, I'm not sure when the L.A. riots were because of some of the things that were going on there. And there was a, there was a gentleman by the name of, uh, I believe his name was Rodney King, who was, was a victim of that. And his statement to the world was, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we just all get along? Why can't we just all get along? And, and the problem is, the, the problem with all of us getting along is that there are some folks who have the peace of Christ in their hearts and there are others who have not the peace of Christ in their hearts. So it doesn't matter what you want to do, if you don't have the peace of Christ in your heart, then it's going to spill out into the rest of your life. There's a true statement that Jesus made. Well, all Jesus' statements are true, but there is there's this one statement that he made that sticks out to me all the time. He was having a discussion with the Pharisees about washing hands. They had this tradition that before you eat, you would ceremonially dip your hands in water, and then you could eat, because then you were clean. That was a tradition that they had. His disciples did not wash their hands before they ate, and therefore the, the Pharisees, the, the, the keepers of the law, if you will, said to him, why do your disciples break the law, the, the traditions of, of the fathers, am I not washing their hands before they eat? Later on, Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples, and the disciples said, explain this to us. He said, don't you understand that what you put in your mouth goes in your stomach and then out of the body? We all understand that physical function. He said, but what is in the heart? He said, the overflow of the heart is what causes all these other problems. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh. Oh. Oh, you mean that not getting along with one another is a heart issue? Oh, oh you mean that when we say something that we shouldn't say and we, and we spew something out of our mouth that we shouldn't say that is dishonoring to the individual or dishonoring to God, that that's not, that's an, that is an overflow of the heart, Jesus said. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, I get it now. It's a heart issue. So, if you don't have the peace of Christ in your heart, if He's not ruling in our hearts, then the, 
the idea of strife, the idea of unrest, the idea of not getting along, the ideas of wars and rumors of wars and all of these other things that are going on, those are all coming from heart issues. So, we can talk all about, and we will talk about being peacemakers, and we will talk about loving our enemies, and we will talk about those things that Jesus talks about. But if, the, if there's no peace of Christ in our hearts, then all of those other things will appear to be impossible. And we will, we will fill our minds with, well, yeah, but... Well, well, yeah, but what about this? Well, well, yeah, but what about this situation? And the next thing you know, we are filling ourselves with hypotheticals that will keep us from living according to the way of Christ. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. You want to be a son of God? You want to be considered son of God? You want to be called a son of God? Then you will be a peacemaker or a peace worker. You will be working toward peace. You will be doing whatever you can to promote the concept and the idea of peace. Why? Because the peace of Christ is ruling in your heart. James 3 but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first, of, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peace-makers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. The wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure and then peace-loving. There's something about having the presence of the Spirit of the living God in us that causes us to love peace more than we love anything else. The concept of being a peace-loving individual. Now, I, I want to stop here just for a moment because I, wanna, I, want, you to, I want you to understand this. Loving peace, another word for that is, up, is pa being pa a pacifist or pacifism. And what I want you to understand from this, and I'll explain this a whole lot more later on down the road, but what I want you to understand is being a passive, a pacifist doesn't mean being passive. Being a, being a pacifist doesn't mean that you don't do anything. Those who look at from the outside and look at pacifism, they will go, well, there's only, there's only one thing or there's the other. There's one thing where I just stand here and I don't do anything at all. I'm a pacifist. Or, I go to the other extreme and all I want to do is cause bodily injury on people. That's, those are the only two answers. One or the other. 
But being pacifistic doesn't mean that. It, it means that you are actively, actively pursuing a peaceful resolution to an otherwise uh, strifeful situation. Okay? And being actively pursuing a peaceful solution is not doing nothing. And we'll, I don't want to get into that now. We're going to talk about that later. I hope you'll come back and hear what, that, what that's all about because it's all biblical and, uh, and we, want to, we want to follow Jesus. All right? So peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Here it is. Here's the key. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this. Every single one of us from the day that we were born were guilty of being sinful. The cute little guy back here in the striped shirt that has my genes running through his blood He's got a stubborn streak in him. He was at my house the other day and he was trying to get into some things. And I said to him, no, you can't have that. He looked at me like, apparently you don't know who you're talking to. And he reached out to get it again. Now, I redirected him, and then he looked out of the corner of his eye, and he knew that one of the areas that is not open for discussion to him is to be playing on the keys of my laptop computer. And so he looked out of the corner of his eye at me and reached out for the keys on my computer. What's going on in there? As much as I love that child, he, in, even in his innocent state, is an unregenerated human being. And the rebellion that he is showing is coming from that. Now, some of it's just... The natural curiosity, I get that all. I get the natural curiosity, but, but when, you know, when, when authority comes in and says, don't do this, and then there's just, well, well you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's, that's what that comes from. Now, the wonderful thing about this is that he is going to be immersed in and surrounded by and, and have it instilled in him the importance of coming to Jesus Christ. And one day, of his own volition, 
he will come, and because of that, he will come, and he will join, and he will say, I want, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. We've all had our We've all had children that have said that, and with joy we pray with them, and we, and we have, and they receive Christ as their Savior. But we're going to, we're going to immerse Him in that atmosphere. But here's the problem: for those, for those who do not make that step, the Bible says that we are enemies of God. We're enemies of God. If, if, if we are at a point in our life where, where we have just, we have never personally come to God and said, God, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that Jesus was God and I believe he died on the cross and I believe that he rose again and that you raised him from the dead. I am believing him that he paid the price for my sinful rebellion. Until that takes place, we are enemies with God. And there cannot be any peace in our hearts until that takes place. It, it, it's, it's an impossibility. Because no matter we can surround ourselves with tranquility, we can we can be in a place where, there's, where there is no strife around us. There's no unrest. We can be in this, in this perfect... You can go up to and sit on a mountaintop where, there, where you are surrounded by peaceful tranquility and there will still be turmoil in your heart because of your enmity with God, your Creator. And sooner or later, that enmity is going to overflow your heart and it is going to come out to other people and in other ways. There cannot be peace until there is peace with God. Paul writes here and he says, we've been justified. We've talked about justification before, but I just want to remind you of it. Justification is not, is not just being forgiven for your guilt. Justification is being declared not guilty. It's the God of the universe. It is the Supreme Court. It is the final say. It is the one who has the final say. There are no appeals by the accuser beyond the Supreme Court, beyond God Himself. And God Himself says to us, you are not guilty. What an incredible sense. How many of you, and I'm only asking this, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, I'm simply asking this to remind you, to help you to think back to bring it to your remembrance. Do you remember the moment when you prayed and you asked God to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life? Do you remember the sense of the load that was lifted off of you at that moment? 
Do you remember the sense of peace that came over you? The concept where you were no longer full of guilt, but you had been justified. It is though you had been accused of murder, and now you were standing in front of a jury of your peers, and they said to you, not guilty. And there is this sense of relief. There's a sense of relief. That's, that's what Paul is talking about. He says, we've been justified through faith. Oh, I've been declared not guilty. I'm not guilty. I have peace with God. I don't, I don't dread standing before God. I don't fear standing before God. The Bible says we will all stand before God one day. That's true. We all will stand before God and give an account. I'm not afraid of that. I don't, I'm not lighthearted about it. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not being whimsical about it. I'm just saying, I don't fear that. Why? Because I've been declared not guilty. All my sins have been washed away. They've been covered in the blood of Jesus. We're as white as snow. Now, I get a picture. We're going to look in the Psalms for a moment. And I get this picture of David, who, who wrote many of the Psalms. Imagine David out on the hills outside Bethlehem where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Imagine David out on the hills on a quiet night. The sheep are laying down and everything is, everything is perfectly quiet. And he's looking up into the sky and the sky is clear and there are those millions of stars that he's, he's looking up into. What a peaceful and tranquil scene. I can see him write these words. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. All of his ways are righteous toward us. Right? I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalms 37 and verse 37 says, Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace. Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. You hear those words? You love the Word of God. The Word of God becomes your guide. 
The Word of God is your rule for faith and conduct. The Word of God is teaching you how to walk with, with God Himself and to walk in harmony with Him and to walk in fullness with Him. Great peace have they who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. Why? Because they're following the law. They're following the Word. Folks, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to insert this and then we're going to move on because we're, we're, we're nearly finished, but I want you to hear this. And I'm a victim, and I'm a, I shouldn't say I'm a victim of this. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm, I'm more and more trying not to be guilty of this and I'm succeeding more and more, I think. But, there's, but here, here it is. It is to read something in the Word of God. Particularly in the teachings of Jesus, but anywhere, because all of the Scripture is the teachings of Jesus. He wrote the whole thing. But, but you, you read that. You read what it says. And that is followed by, yeah, but... Yeah, but that's really good. But that's interesting. But wow, that's pretty profound. But and I will tell you the surefire way to run peace out of your life is to look at something that the Word of God says and go, yeah, but? Because we will spend time trying to rationalize why our lives are not function with what the Word of God says and you cannot have peace. Great peace have they who love your law. You cannot have great peace and not follow what the Word of God says. It cannot be done. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Speaking of God. Isaiah speaking of God. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is is steadfast because he trusts in you. Wow. Do you, would, would you like me to read that again? Because that is so profound. You, God, will keep in perfect peace. Keep in perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast like a rock. How do you get there? How do you get, how do you get to the place where your mind is steadfast? How do you get to that point? You read God's Word and you go, that's right. 
even when the circumstances dictate differently, even when the world around you is going haywire and you go, man, I just read this in the Word. This is true. I'm hanging on to this with all my might. No matter what goes on around me, I'm going to hang on to this truth. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to hang on. And He will keep in perfect peace Him whose mind is steadfast. Whoa. Why? Because He trusts in you. Can you trust God? I want you to give me one verse of Scripture, one thought that tells me that you can trust in God. How about this one? All of His ways are perfect toward us. Huh? All of His ways are perfect toward us. Now we're going to talk about some things in the, in the next, next week or two. And some of the things that I may say will not sit well with some of you. I hope you'll love me anyway. I hope that you will go into the Scriptures and you will search the Scriptures yourself and see whether or not I'm telling you the truth or not. I will probably have some Scriptures up there to help to prove what I'm saying. But if we are to be men and women who are to be called the children of God, then we are going to be people of peace. How does that translate into our everyday walk in life? How does that translate? How does that work its way out in a practical way? I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk about that because I think I think that all of us want we want to be called the children of God. If we're believers, we want to be called the children of God. How does that how does that work in a practical way in light of what the Bible says about being called to peace and being peacemakers? And having a mind of perfect peace. If we have faith in God and that gives us peace with God, how does that all unpack? How does that peacefulness manifest its job, manifest itself in the way we live? That's really what it that's really what it's all about, right? I mean, it, it, isn't, it the, isn't it the life of Jesus manifesting itself in us? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Is it not the life of Christ that is manifesting itself It's in us out of the abundance of the heart? The mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. I overflows when the abundance of the peace of God is ruling in my heart, won't that be what comes out of me? 
I mean, either Jesus is right or he's wrong. And if he's right, then what's in me should come out. And when I'm filled with the peace of God, then the peace of God is what should manifest itself. How does that work? What does that look like? What does that look like in a world of turmoil and, 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 and political upheaval and all the other junk that we live with every day? How does that, how do we do that? How do we do it? We're going to talk about that because I believe there are practical, biblical ways that God wants to manifest that in us so that we are different than everyone else on the planet. We are the sons of God and daughters. Ladies, I don't want to leave you out. We're the daughters, sons and daughters of God. Father, thank you. Thank you for the possibility. Thank you for making provisions for. Thank you for making it possible for us to experience your peace in our hearts and lives. Thank you for being faithful. Great is your faithfulness, your word says. There's no shadow of turning with you. Thank you for the fact that all of your ways are perfect toward us. Thank you, Father, that you can be trusted, that your word is true, that it's always true, that we can stand on it, that we can just rely on its being true in every situation, no matter what is going on around us. Thank you, Lord, for that. And so I just pray, Lord, that your peace that were before you, we have been washed clean. We have been cleansed from all unrighteousness. There is nothing between you and I that would make us at enmity with one another. Thank you for that peace the calm assurance of knowing everything is okay. Father, help us to see how, how that in, internal peace in a world that is in uproar, where there is all sorts of political and political turmoil and political unrest and Prophetic word of, the prophetic word that says there will be wars and rumors of wars and all of these things that are going on around us and yet inside us there can be this incredible sense of, of peace and well-being. How do we, how does that make itself out of us and into the world around us? and into the people and the lives that we touch. Help us to see that in, as we talk about this more in the future. Lord, I just want to thank you and praise you for the ministries of this church. I, I pray for the EE prison ministry. 
We pray for the transitional center. We pray for love serves. We pray for our missionaries, Todd and Shelley, and for Chris Garrison. We pray for our daycare, all of these ministries that you have given to us that are doing important things in the kingdom of God to expand your kingdom. Thank you for allowing us to be involved in that and to share in those ministries. Because they are making an impact in the lives of people and we just, we thank you. Lord, just take us from this place now this morning. Take us from this place prepared to let people see the real Jesus as he lives his life out in us. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.